Welcome to the Purposeful Parent Podcast, a podcast for inspired parents. I'm Melissa. And I'm Kristen. I'm a parent of two little girls and the founder of Inner Architects. I love guiding parents and giving them a space to meaningfully connect, communicate effectively, break cycles, and learn to intentionally parent their kids. I'm an educator, a children's book author, and founder of Language Ninjas. With Language Ninjas and my books on the power of our words, parents and kids are given tools to empower their language. On this podcast, we are highlighting parents and educators who are choosing to mindfully show up differently for kids. Welcome. Today we're talking with Allison Pillow, author of the book, Finally Thriving, a holistic personal trainer and podcast host of Integrate Yourself. Allison helps her clients feel strong, confident, and calm in their bodies for life-changing results. And she is guiding people to tap into their creative expression, to understand themselves, embrace their joy, and create a body and life that they want. And welcome, Allison. We're excited to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, when you are a parent yourself, um, two grown boys, we'd love to hear your your parenting journey um, and how that's influenced you in bringing you to where you are today. Yeah, thank you. I definitely started early, probably earlier than most people start these days being a parent. I got married when I was 24 and then uh, we didn't, we did we waited to have kids until um, I was 28. So about four years later. So um, I've had my first when I was 28, my second when I was 30. So, uh, which is a little bit unheard of these days. People usually are having kids later. But um, what I experienced from that is that I really was, I, I was not fully developed myself, um, which most of us aren't. We're not really all the way there when we have kids. It's it's not expected, but, but it is a learning process. And so uh, I just learned that, you know, I had some work to do. I saw my reflection of myself and my kids and, and didn't really know a lot about self-development until I had, you know, become gone further in the process of being a parent. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was wonderful. I, I took some time off and in, in the very beginning, I took about three years off of work just to do the parenting and just to be with my kids. Cause I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to really prioritize that time with them. I didn't want to miss out on any, anything with them. I tried to do the, the, um, the part-time job while I, while I had young kids and it was just so stressful and they're on their own time. So when they're that age, it's like, you can't really control that as much. So I just decided to, to just nix the job and, and be a full-time parent. And that was one of the best decisions I felt like I ever made in my life. It just allowed me to be more present with both myself and, and my kids and, and, and really enjoy it more. Although, you know, there were times where I got really, uh, it was hard just to sit on the floor with them and do nothing because I had attached my identity so much to what I did. And so when I didn't really have that much to do, of course, being a parent, you do have a lot of things to do, but it's, it's a different kind of doing than when you're working, you know, or you're, there's a, there's something you're striving towards. It's just, it's more of a presence as a parent and, you know, just uh, tuning in to your kids as well and, and meeting their needs. So 
I experienced a very different way of doing. And sometimes, you know, oftentimes it was uncomfortable and I, I felt guilt about not being able to be fully present sometimes with my kids and, and really enjoy that. Um, and so later as I, as I got older, you know, I started to learn more about how, uh, when we aren't meeting the needs of ourselves uh, as adults, then that's where the anxiety, that's where the uncomfortableness comes from. Uh, it's the lack of presence with other people and ourselves that comes in when we're not, you know, when we're in that uh, position. Because, you know, like I, I was sharing with you all before we started is I learned how to be a parent to my kids before I really learned how to parent myself. So in a way I was in a codependent, many codependent relationships before I really learned how to parent myself. And I feel like that is such a, um, you know, it's a valuable tool for, for parents because, um, you know, life is chaotic. It's, it's not really controllable. You know, sometimes you just have to do things on the fly and, and go with it. Um, so it's, you, you do lose aspects of, of the life that you want to live for sure when you come become a parent. And so you have to, there's a lot of letting go uh, of certain attachments that you had about yourself as you become a parent. So that's what I experienced. Now my, my, sons are 18 and 21. So I'm in a different place, but I remember, uh, all the different phases I had to go through to really, uh, come more into myself and learn how to meet my own needs. And so it really is that simple. So what did that process look like to start parenting yourself? Um, and how, yeah, how old were the boys when you were, when you started to realize that, uh, you parenting yourself was what you needed and also yeah how'd that affect your parenting and your relationship when you were able to detach for the co from the codependency well it was a long process Kristen it wasn't like a night overnight it wasn't thing, overnight. You know? <laughs> no unfortunately not <laughs> but you, you know it it started uh with me um I I started with this this group called Journeys of Wisdom, John McMullen, and um, he led the group and we would go and do emotional intensive uh, coaching uh, workshops with him. And he was great at really helping me initially navigate uh, that emotional intelligence that I hadn't really tapped into yet because of, you know, being a gymnast, I was a gymnast for many, many years, a uh, competitive gymnast from the age of six to 21. And I had really learned from being an athlete to suppress my emotions. And then my parents also uh, didn't really expose their emotions or talk about their emotions so much. And so it was, it was something that I hadn't really learned yet. And so I, I, I come into adulthood and with my kids, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I don't know how to navigate this. You know, I realized, oh my goodness. So where do I start? So what John did was he brought us into uh, a, an alignment with our inner child. So we started to communicate with um, our inner child, which is also your subconscious, but it's a less abstract way to go about it because you can connect with your inner child more easily than you can connect with your subconscious. So we call it the inner child. So 
you know, it, it, again, it, this is this was many years in the making, but initially, uh, I was just like flabbergasted about like, oh my god, like I've been really in the dark with some of this stuff. I have been suppressing this shadow aspect of myself for so long. I didn't even realize there was a problem. And but yeah, you know, but you feel it, you know, in your life when you're always trying to please other people or you're trying to do what you think you're supposed to do. And, and there's a nuance to that, you know, of course we have young kids and we really do need to meet their needs and we have to be there for them. So we, there is a sacrifice as a parent that's made, of course, but then the other side of that is that uh, we can also allow space for, for us to, to grow as people. So um, and prioritize our own needs as well. And there's, and that's a, a bit of a dance, especially when you have young kids. So that's what I started to learn. And uh, so, yeah, so he taught, uh, going back to John, he taught us about how to navigate your relationship with your inner child. And it's, it can be, you know, many different ages and you're, what you're doing is you're going back and communicating to that, that part of yourself at that age and asking that part of yourself, what needs weren't met. And then you, you begin meeting those needs. So you're beginning to parent the inner child within you. And uh, I believe that's what makes you a more present parent to the kids that you that you have, because then you're able to understand and have compassion for their needs as well on a deeper level, right? Because you've done it for yourself. So it's really hard for us to meet our own our, our needs to uh, needs of other people until we've actually had that compassion that we felt that compassion within you know for ourselves if we're still criticizing ourselves or hating on ourselves or you know whatever it is blaming ourselves feeling guilty these things those that's going to limit you in your capacity to have compassion and love for other people so in a way it really allows you to be there even more for your children than than before so it, it really takes those blocks and barriers away um and it can simply it be as simple as just uh doing a meditation connecting with that age whatever comes up first and then talking to the inner child it's not an intellectual conversation and children don't speak in a you know with a lot of uh complicated language they just it's very simple and most times the answer is really simple. And then you can meet that need in an instant and then, then go on. And, you know, it may be more than one age and most likely it will be of a need that you need to meet for yourself. And, and like I said, then you're able to meet that for your, for your children even better. Does that make sense? Cause I feel like some, that might be a little out there for, for some people, but I feel like most people have been exposed to the inner child work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's become more normal, normalized, um, and out that, that yes, more people are being exposed to at least that term. They might not fully understand what that means. Um, so I love that we're having this conversation. And, and I think that you touched on a piece there where you mentioned giving yourself the space to even recognize that this is something that might be beneficial for you. Right. And I think that that's yeah. kind of a, a missing link for a lot of parents is that we are you know, thrust into, you know, this whole new life and this whole new persona and society doesn't really offer much grace or space for you to one, like grieve your old, like who you were or your old life. Right. And that's really what it is. And I think that 
a lot of parents, like if they think that they, you know, they think that they're less of a parent if they miss their old life or their life before children or, you know, and I think really giving ourselves that space to recognize that that's one, that that's a thing. And Mm -hmm. then two, that, you know, there may be some self-limiting beliefs, different, um, stories, narratives, whatever we're calling them, right. Coming from our childhood that are then affecting us today as parents. Um, so yeah, I'm excited that we're having this conversation. It's not one that we've had yet, um, on this podcast. And I think that we're touching on things that a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, you know, I have heard that, but I don't know much about it or, Hey, I'm in the middle of it. You know, much like my husband and I are right now in the middle of this work where, you know, where our children are much younger, um, they're six and four, but even at that age, like watching yourself say something or hearing yourself say something and then being able to pull back and reflect and be like, where did that come from? Or, you know, what does that, you know, how do I, how does that make me feel and why, you know? Um, so yeah, I think the space, the space that, that word, when you said that it really got me was offering ourselves, finding that time and that space. And I think meditation is a great start to that. Um, so if parents aren't meditating, finding that time to be able to connect back to themselves in that way. Absolutely. I, and there's many ways you can do it. Like some people, uh, find it hard to, hard to meditate, you know, when they have young kids as well, like, you know, but, um, there's a couple of things you can do, uh, to support yourself on that. You can actually call in support from people like babysitters, family members, you know, so that you can carve out some time for yourself and, and prioritize that. And also, um, you know, there's other things you can do. You can take a walk in nature. You can uh, do, uh, I do a lot of vocal toning. So that really grounds me when I use my voice um, to, it's a way that I meditate without having to, you know, um, I guess intentionally direct the mind. It's a way that that I can quickly just direct it and not even have to do much, you know, um, it's just more enjoyable for me. And so there's, there's ways, even if it's like 10 minutes, it's just time for you, like you said, to reflect on your life, which is the most important thing. If we're just going, 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 and we're reacting to everything. And I was there, I was doing that. I was running from, you know, activity to activity. We were always in a hurry driving around and, um, you know, it, it just became like something that wasn't so enjoyable. And I was like, okay, what can we do differently here to make it pleasurable for everybody? Because I, I, I know I was in a household where my parents did sacrifice themselves and their lives really for, for, for my, me and my sisters. So they, they would take us to gymnastics practice, which was like about 30, 30 minutes or more there and back every day. And I look back on that and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, they, that was wonderful. They supported me, but at the same time, they really sacrificed a large part of their life and their marriage, you know, uh, for, for the kids, which they didn't, they didn't have to do that, you know? So it's just thinking about, okay, the choices I'm making and, and the sacrifices I'm making for my children, is this going to benefit everybody, you know, because it, you, you know, the parents happiness matters too. And so, um, you know, oftentimes children are, are modeling their parents and, and that's, those are the, the values and, and, uh, I guess the, 
Well, that's just the, they're the, you're the role model that they take into their adulthood. So everything that you're role modeling for them is what they are going to take away and they're going to absorb it like a sponge. So just remember, they are watching you. They are watching you hard. Like they are noticing everything you do. And we forget that as parents. So it's just as equally as important as us to role model taking care of ourselves to our children just as much as, you know, anything else, like supporting the kids, but also teaching them how they can take care of themselves by you taking care of yourself. And I think that's one thing that a lot of parents forget. And, and it's understandable because it, it can sometimes be a very chaotic time. And um, like you said, you, you know, we, we are losing our identity. And that, again, is you don't really have time to grieve that, right? Um, and it's not really explain that that's what's going to happen, but that's what happens because you're a different person. Now you've got a whole new life to take care of. It's a very different reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I appreciate the, the different ways that you, you mentioned the different ways of like getting into a meditative state. I think a lot of people think that we need to sit for 10, 20, 30 minutes in this silence and be with ourselves. And I think that we lose sight of going for a walk or for me, it's, it's movement. It's movement with specific music or no music or being in nature, touching the ground while I'm moving. Um, so finding all of those little moments and they can, they can add up throughout the day, right? Like I was in the grocery store the other day with my, my two children and one was like, can we get this? Can we get this? Can I get that kind of like, and the grocery store was busy. And I was just like, I like closed my eyes and took a big breath. And I looked, I opened my eyes and there was a woman looking at me when I opened my eyes and she's like, you're doing a great job. She's like, good job taking that breath. And I'm like, I feel like my head's going to explode. And she's like, I totally get it. And, you know, I think that we, we've talked, we talk a lot about breath, um, you know, in the conversations we'd have, but even just taking a second and like, being able to zone out and take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm here. I can handle this. Um, and then, you know, having someone praise you. So if you're also a parent and you're watching someone in this mess, like that was super helpful for her to be like, you know, I see you, you're doing a good job. Um, it's all about support. It's receiving that support in your life. And if you're trying to do it all by yourself, that is going to be a, a tough road. So, Um, as a parent receiving as much support as you possibly can, because ultimately we, we did start out having a tribe of people who were there for, for you when you had a a baby, you know, it wasn't just you by yourself, but now in modern times, we have gotten used to just being by ourselves, but, and having to do it all, not having a lot of support, depending on where, you know, what situation you're in, but you can still call in support. We still have you know, a way to do that. There's a lot of uh, groups, parenting groups out there, you know, now, and as well as, um, you know, you know, there's in your, within your community, there is support there. So I I encourage parents to seek that out and not feel like they have to do it all by themselves because that's so important. And like you said, the praise, like if you just get something like somebody saying, oh, you're doing a great job. Oh, thank you. Cause I had no idea, you know, (laughs) I, I can't tell, you know, at this point, it's kind of hard to tell. Right. So I, yeah, I remember wanting, hearing something like that too. And it was just like, wow, thank you. That, that makes me feel so much better because sometimes we, I mean, there's no handbook for parenting. We really don't know. 
being a non-parent here, I want to add into that, like drawing on the community. Um, it can be uh, intimidating to have those non-parent people in your life to be like, eh, maybe they don't, probably don't want anything to do with kids. I would say there's more likely a fair amount of those people that would be very willing to be called on in those times of need. Like whenever I have friends nearby with young kids, I'm like, Hey, you need a, you need a sitter. Let me know. I know you want to hang out with me too, but like I'm here. Um, so I'm going to throw out for those of us that also have like walked the path with no kids. We are also, there are many of us wanting and willing to be parts of those growing communities as well to offer the support and offer an opinion from somebody that's been able to get that sleep or, <laughs> you know, just has a slightly different um, energy level because we can step in and help and give you that break that you need. So reach out to those people as well, because I bet you there are some that are like, that are just waiting to be asked and they're, they're there as well. Yeah. I, my sister-in-law is one of those people. Mm -hmm. So I can second that, you know, she, she doesn't want her own children, but she's very much a, an amazing aunt and helpful at any point. So yeah, that's a good point, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just a practical thing. And, and yeah, Kristen is, is right. It's like, you know, there are people out there. You just got to ask, mm -hmm. you know, we forget to ask sometimes, but it's so important, you know, um, and kids need also kids also need community. You know, there's a, there is, there's such a, um, important aspect to their lives as well as seeing other people in their community that they can also connect with and, um, learn from, you know, and I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what saddens me the most about the last two years and the pandemic in general, like beliefs or not, or vaccination status, or not any of that, like, what it came down to for us was I want to be around people. Like that's a really yeah. important thing for us. So like we found the people that were willing to do that in the times of isolation and the times of separation. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for that because um, it has, it's made a difference in our lives. It's made a difference in our relationship with those people. It's made a difference for our children. So yeah, I mean, I'm that's the, the, the thing that saddens me the most about yeah. last years is that so many kids have lost that. So many families have lost that, right? Um, because of fear of, you know, yeah, any absolutely. and all you're told to be scared of. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, we need to, in order to heal from that, we really do need to be coming back and connecting again. And it's, it's so important, uh, also for kids to build trust, you know, and and trust that they can make these connections and it's going to be all right. Like that's going to affect their adulthood big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a book, you wrote a book. Um, tell us about your book, because I think that while it's not necessarily talking to just parents, it's a really important topic around what, um, parents could learn from, I'm reading your book, but also just the concept of thriving in general for themselves. Yeah, thank you. It, it, I wrote the book uh, during the pandemic, actually. I had some extra time on my hands, so I decided to write this book. And I felt this deep need to help people uh, navigate their health, both navigate their health and make it very simple 
and, and as well as learn how to prioritize themselves, really heal the relationship with themselves, which really spills over into every relationship you, you come across, you know, it, everything, everybody you come across is a reflection of what's inside of you. So if we can realize that, then we're going to start working on our, on our inner self first, then have amazing relationships as a result and also be an amazing parent. So I I've through the, at the years, uh, being a parent myself, I've also attracted a lot of parents into my practice. Uh, I've worked with, you know, uh, mothers, fathers, you know, uh, all, all throughout that. And, and the underlying theme is always like prioritization. They, they just don't have enough time for themselves. And they come to me because they need to carve that time out just to give themselves some, uh, you know, that extra time to focus on what they need. And so I, I intended to have the book uh, for everybody to make it really simple to meet your own needs and not, not super complex, but also practical stuff you can, you can do um, to help you integrate and embody that. And uh, then, then, you know, feel much more whole as a result and aligned so that you can come into service, um, you know, very much in, aligned with your values, with your purpose, with your intention. And, you know, for parents, that's really, really important. Um, you know, they've got a, a big job and especially after the past couple of years, it's been very challenging. And so, um, our, our nervous systems have been really heightened. We have gone through some a lot of stress. And so right now, it's not about doing more so much. It's about really doing what is most important for you right now and helping your body uh, wind down and get calm and more relaxed uh, more frequently is what I think is, is the best thing. And even, even for parents, like maybe, uh, you know, less busyness would be, would be better just staying, you know, starting to uh, be more and not having to, you know, take your kids to all these places, maybe just carve out a few things that you can do with them. And then for the most part, just let them play and just be with them. You know, I felt like that was one, that was one thing I did do a lot with my kids is I just let them play and I let them have their own experience. And I felt like that was the, the uh, big, had the biggest impact on their independence now as young men, because they were able to explore and trust themselves. I trusted them and then they trusted themselves, you know, and obviously you, you know, depending on the age of your child, you, you give that independence away, away you know, with, um, with, you know, that's developmentally appropriate for that child. But um, I think it's great as soon as you can to start helping them gain that independence and, and start making choices and, uh, start to have some experiences playing on their own, you know, and, and figuring things out. Like I see a lot of parents and again, no judgment, but I've noticed a change most recently. Uh, and I think it could be just because of the fear of what had ha happened in the past couple of years, but, uh, parents just really controlling how their kids play and trying to, you know, step in and tell them how they should experience it. And, you know, I, I think it's great if parents want to teach their kids how to do something and, and, and be role models for certain things. That's fantastic. And at the same time, let your kids just explore, let them have their own experience of, uh, and, and they, you know, and, and let them learn kind of move towards what they want to learn and, and make mistakes, you know, and 
you know, do all the things that you, that you do in life. It's okay. You don't have to control every aspect of what they do. And uh, then that'll be less stressful on you as a parent, and it'll be more fun for them. And then they'll develop a sense of trust for themselves and a sense of independence as they get older as well, because they, they know you trust them. So then they start to trust themselves. Yeah. I was going to ask if you have advice in that area for parents wanting to play with their kids to join in the play without um, controlling or navigating the play or yeah, controlling the play and making it look a certain way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. And I think, I think that's also a great thing to do as a parent. And um, one thing I would bring up about that is like many parents and I experienced this too. I lost my sense of creativity when I became a parent, I felt like anyway, and, um, I just didn't feel creative. I didn't feel like I could, um, you know, really do anything else, but be a parent and, and just meet the needs of my kids. Um, and what I discovered was actually I could participate in their creativity if I wanted to, and we could just be creative side by side, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's a way to do it. You know, uh, my sister, she, she does a great thing where she does these, um, these uh, nature mandalas. So she'll take leaves and flowers and they'll pick all these things uh, that they see on the ground and they'll make beautiful mandalas out of them. And so he'll, her son will do his, he's six years old and she'll do hers, you know, so they're, they're playing side by side. Right. Um, And then also, you know, there are times where maybe you want to participate in the play. Maybe you'll let them guide you through that play. Or, you know, then you can take turns and then you can guide the next play. You know, it's just kind of, again, it's a dance. So we don't want to, as parents necessarily to be controlling the play all the time. You know, sometimes you just want them to, because they know how to play. They're experts at it. You know, they don't need to be taught that. <laughs> it's more so like I learned how to play through watching my kids. My, my kids really taught me how to play in a lot of ways. So, you know, you're helping them set limits and boundaries by, by setting limits and boundaries with them. They're learning about limits and boundaries through you by you doing that with them. So just by, again, just going back to the, uh, your being, how you're being, how you're doing is what they're watching. And then if you're, if you're doing that, they're learning from you, you know, you don't, it had, doesn't have to be a, a, a lesson plan or anything. You know, they're just, they're just watching you. So, um, I think it, there's nothing more, there's nothing more loving that you can give your child is, is your interest and your presence. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, we were talking a little bit about play before we hit record and, and the disconnect that has happened for many adults and parents, um, and losing that sense of play. Um, I think it, it, it would be beneficial to talk about, you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace and patience if you find yourself in that position where you haven't played in a long time. It's not coming naturally to you. You are trying to control. Um, I imagine someone like you that was a gymnast or, you know, playing as, as someone that's been playing a sport since they were very young, like has almost never played, you know, like right. that you know, your play was very structured into that sport. So really looking at, you know, did you, did you play as a kid? What was your, what's just your nature when it comes to play? Um, and, and giving yourself a little bit of space and grace to be able to, you know, relearn all of that. And I, and I love that that was your kids did that for you and mine are doing it for me as well. Um, and such an interesting dynamic with, 
um, at least in my family, mom and dad, right? Like dad is the fun parent and mom, I'm the like managing parent, right? Like I, you know, set up all the schedules. I know when everyone has to do something, you know, I, right. I, and, um, and it's not that he's not helpful. He's wonderfully helpful, but it's just his natural like instinct is like, let's run through the woods and climb this tree and then get like, jump to this thing. And, and they're following him. And my instinct is like, stand back and like, make sure everyone's okay. Right. And I let them do it. It's not that I'm like hovering or stopping, but my instinct isn't like run along with them. It's stand back and make sure. And it's been such an interesting, something I've worked through, through some of my healing and growth is, you know, that play is safe and play is something that you know, it, I am, I deserve to do as an adult, as a mom, like, it's not my job to just f- facilitate it for other people. Um, right. which is something I watched my, my parents do my mom specifically was, you know, very much in the same position where it was like, you know, even, even something as simple as like throwing a party, like, let me make sure everyone else is having a good time. And I'm a ball of stress not enjoying any of this. And I spent, you know, days and time and money and all of this to like make this happen. And everyone else is, you know, sitting around at the barbecue and I'm like not having fun at all. So I found myself in that, in that position. And it's like, how did I get here? And why, you know, why? Um, so yeah, giving yourself some, if you're noticing that you're not, that it's not a natural instinct for you, giving yourself that space to, you know, and that patience to be able to like, into it and okay, you know, noticing when it's a little bit harder and how you can kind of maneuver that. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I will say first that, you know, it's totally natural to, for moms to do that. And then for dads to do that, you know, (laughs) dads are the one that take them, uh, the, take the risk with the kids, you know, they're showing them how to take risks and, um, without, you know, getting hurt. I mean, hopefully, you know, <laughs> but I mean, dads, that's just what dads do. And I, when I realized that, um, you know, again, everybody's different, like some cu- couples are different, but it, for, for just to keep it simple, you like, you know, that dynamic, the male, the masculine and feminine kind of dynamic, you know, the mom is there. She's like mother bear. She's trying to keep everybody safe, everything organized, you know, anybody messes with her kids, she's going to get on them. Right. Um, you know, dads are saying, but it's different. Like dads want to, you know, they're just gonna, they're gonna help them, uh, explore and, and, you know, dive deeper into their limitations or, or what they're capable of. He's just helping them explore that aspect of themselves through taking more risk and, and, you know, running when you should walk or whatever it is, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, climbing trees, you know, all these kinds of things. So I think that's totally natural, you know, and what I noticed within myself is when I was having a hard time with that, or I was feeling anxious, you know, I did have a uh, one time that I'll give an example, a story of my son who was when he was 10 years old, he actually fell off a cliff. So we were on a hike in, in Oregon and we went, we were going, um, uh, it, it was a, a series of waterfalls. And I think we were on the second waterfall and it was like six, a 60 foot drop. And uh, he was looking over the, um, the railing and uh, it just basically dropped and he dropped with it. it. It happened like that fast. And he was standing right in front of me. And of course it was just 
terrifying. I, I did, I didn't see him land. I didn't see what happened to him. I immediately like time stopped and, and then all of a sudden it started again. And then I went running to find, to figure out a way to get down there to him. And then my husband and my other son ran down a different way and we got to him and he was face down in the water. Well, I just kept, you know, saying, please let him be alive. Please let him be alive. And uh, he was alive and they got him out of the water and he, they took him up onto the trail and we waited for um, somebody on the trail had called 911 and it was pretty far down the trail. So it took them some time to get an ATV down there to put him on the stretcher and take him to the hospital because we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And that was one of the most terrifying moments in my life. It's like your worst fear as a parent, you know? Uh, and at that point I realized, um, you know, I had this fear, of course, after that moment, uh, every time we go hiking, wanting to keep him safe. I didn't want this to happen again. I had all this anxiety about something happening to him. And finally he's like, mom, you know, leave, you know, he's like, I'm okay. You don't have to do that. You know? And it's like, at some point we have to heal from, you know, uh, those past fears that we go through with our kids because, you know, and, and trust them. Like I said earlier, you know, because, um, it's really not doing anybody. I, I realize I'm not doing anybody any good by being so anxious, but I can't help myself. So I had to work on my own fears on my own anxiety, you know, and, and learn how to play as well. That's not to say that I don't still have anxiety about that. If they were little, I probably would still be pretty nervous, but I let my husband take over and I'd have to walk away. You know, it just things like that, that, that was what was going on. But my point of the story is that I did, I, it brought me to a place in myself where I had to face my fears and the shadow aspects of, of motherhood within me, um, that I couldn't control everything. And there's just some things that, um, just happen in life. So, I was very grateful that he survived. He ended up like being in the hospital for three days. He had a broken neck. He had broken uh, wrist. He had lacerated his his uh, head and he had to get staples. So he had some pretty bad injuries, but they all seemed to heal within like three days. And it was pretty miraculous. And uh, he was in neck brace for a month, but he, he came out of that just fine. And I was just so grateful. And, and so, you know, um, after that moment, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is, this is changed my life. You know, I've got to, I've got to approach this differently. So, um, I, you know, years later, I then started to learn how to be more playful with my, myself and others and not take life so seriously because, you know, I mean, what's the point of like taking life so seriously, you know, uh, it doesn't make life very joyful, you know? So, uh, another reason I wrote the book is to just also guide people and share with people my own journey of what I went through um, and how I was able to reclaim my play and my cre inner creativity. Because your, you know, your inner child again, going back to the inner child, it it, it connects to your um, your your inner curiosity, your childlike curiosity, you know, and that's what leads you to play and allows you to just go through life more joyfully and, and have more fun. And so that's of course going to make you a better parent too. It's going to help you deal with some fears, right? So um, a long story to, just to say that, you know, uh, 
I, I share in the book uh, with adults how you can play again, how you can reconnect with your inner creativity. And that's really about learning your own process of creativity because we just aren't taught that. We aren't taught how to how to connect with that. And so um, I think if you can if you can do that, then you can really be pretty resilient to just about anything. But it really, it does help you um, because if we focus in too much, if we get too serious about our lives, it just creates more anxiety. And um, we got to learn that, you know, everything, we may not know why, but everything happens for a reason, I I believe, you know, and and so there are just some unknowns in life. And so we have to let go a little bit of having to know everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tell us the the main thing that you would offer to parents like a main takeaway from your book we talked a little bit about them prioritizing themselves or the need to to or the you know that they that that is something that they could look into um what is something that you think they can something actionable something you think that they could implement sooner rather than later even today that would benefit that would start them down this this road what what did you start with for yourself i guess yeah so i started um i started with acting and voice work because that always really i think it's it's really up to each individual to hone in on their desires like really get get clear on what you want and and what you are desiring to express so um, what I teach my students in the class that I'm running now, it's a 12-week course and coaching program. It's called Finally Thriving Program. It's, uh, it's a companion program to the book. I teach them how to uh, get clear on their intention first, you know, for, for our time together, and then get clear also on their values, what matters most to them. Uh, and then, you know, desires are then... Uh, what you get to express it, what leads you to your destiny in your life, you know? And so those are, sometimes we get those mixed up as being uh, kind of all together, but they are very separate um, in a way that it guides you toward that greater purpose in your life and, and will guide you to more joy because then if you're, if you're able to hone in on that and your, your desires, then you're able to express those through your creativity. So for example, um, I always, I had a deep desire to be seen and heard, you know? And so, um, at, you know, I started the podcast, you know, cause I wanted people to hear me. And then I worked on my voice and then I started doing improv and then I started writing, you know? So again, all these different modes of expression started coming, uh, once I just unlocked that and, um, just led to so much. So again, it it could be painting, it could be music, you know, starting a musical instrument. You could, you could, you know, play, you know, have your, 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 um, your child, like with an instrument, they could have a different kind of instrument. You guys could play together. If you feel like you can't get that time for yourself. Um, you know, it could be, uh, doing art, you know, painting, using watercolors, it can be singing, anything that you feel like you would like to use to express yourself um, is really a creative endeavor. So I think it's really getting clear on how you'd like to express yourself. And for me, that changes uh, from moment to moment, from year to year. I have different ways I like to do that. One year I was really into the fiber arts. And so I did a lot of that. 
Uh, one year I did a lot, you know, cause I did a lot of knitting and stitching and stuff. And then I'm kind of done with that. And then I move on to something else. So, um, you don't have to stick with one thing. It can be a lot of different things and you could just, you know, kind of let your, be inspired, you know, by, um, you know, whatever your surroundings are, your, your children can inspire you and you can, you, you can inspire yourself by, by, you know, getting clear on what you really want. And again, as parents, that's really hard sometimes because our wants are all mixed up in everybody else's wants. Right. And, and it's sometimes confusing, but again, it's, it's creating that space and the clarity to sit down and just reflect it, you know, writing it down is very powerful and all you need is a journal and just a little time to yourself and uh, you know, deep breaths, <laughs> breathe slow and low and uh, start writing, you know, just write whatever comes up. It doesn't, you don't have to edit yourself, just write whatever comes up. The sky's the limit. That's what I tell my students. So, you know, you can write hundred desires if you want to, and then circle the top three, you know, or whatever it is, but you have to also get clear on what you value first, what, what, it, what matters most to you, get clear on that. And then that'll help you get clear on uh, what you, what you really want to express in your life. I think that's beautiful advice. Mm -hmm. That's what I was yeah. going to say too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and you told us about your program. So yeah, we know about your book and your program. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Like tell us about your podcast or anything? Yeah. Well, I just came out with an audio book. So if anybody wants to listen to mm -hmm. my voice, mm -hmm. um, they can buy my audio book. It's on audible. And I think it's on every like, uh, audiobook platform out there as well. So uh, that would be a great way. If you don't have much time and you just can't, you know, you don't have a lot of time to read, you can listen to it. That would be, you know, an easy way. And, uh, and then you could just pause it. And I, I have a lot of journaling prompts in my, in my book. So really, if you, if you wanted to, if you're inspired after hearing me talk about this and you want to start trying some of this, just grab the book and, it's going to lead you all the way through this entire process that I, that I went through and I, and I take my clients through as well. So, uh, and it's really easy. It's doable. It's, it's not an overload of information. The intention for the book is to, to get everybody in the right brain, which is what you use for your creative expression. That's how you tap into your creativity. That's how you tap into your play. And um, many of my students now are, are just coming in, not knowing how to play. And it's very, and they're like, what? I've never had it. I've never had an opportunity to do this before, but it's such a, a gift to have the opportunity to, to play. Cause we don't really get that in our society. You know, it's, we're told that's a waste of time or it's um, it's not productive, you know, but it actually is. If you think about all the great thinkers in the world, um, people who have um, been the, you know, the great innovators, they allow themselves the space to play and be creative. And that's how they comes, they come to these amazing ideas is because they relax their mind. Right. So that's what we, we can do too. Um, and that will just bring you closer to your inner knowing your, your intuition. It'll, it'll help you enjoy your life much more and, and create a calm in your nervous system where, um, you know, you can't, your body will function properly. I, I give in, I have some uh, information on there in there on how to connect with your body, with food, with movement, just real simple stuff. It doesn't have to be complex. We don't have to do these huge workouts. Some people don't have that much time. So, you know, it could just be as simple as taking a walk in nature. Uh, so 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's the sky's the limit. There's so many ideas. And I really wanted to introduce all of those ideas to people and how they could connect with themselves and get healthy and, and really experience a state of empowered wellness in their lives. And so uh, I have the book, I have the audio book, I have the program, which is going to be offered again in, in late January. So if anybody wants to do that, they can contact me and I can get you on the wait list for that. We're having an amazing time. And um, uh, my podcast, Integrate Yourself, I talk a lot about all aspects of health. I have some very, very unique guests on there. Uh, Kristen's one of them. She's been on the podcast. That was an amazing podcast we did together about parenting. And we talked about some uh, really interesting aspects of parenting as well. And so, you know, uh, you can find my podcast anywhere on any podcast platform. So yeah. And I, and I share a lot on that. So that would be a great way to also connect with me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we want to know where people can go to find you as well. <laughs> so That's a go? good idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I have uh, two websites. One is finally uh, finallythrivingbook.com. And then I have pureenergypdx.com. And I'm on Instagram, Allison Pillow underscore. And that's really, uh, oh, YouTube. I'm also on YouTube under my name, Allison Pillow. And I have uh, my podcast on there as well. Um, and so those are really the best places to find me. I don't, I can only handle so much social media. So I just kind of pick my, pick my favorites there. So I, those are my main platforms. And of course the podcast is on, um, you know, Spotify, Apple, any podcast app that you, that you have, it's on there. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. It's, you know, finallythrivingbook.com also has resources for people who are reading my book that they can look at videos of some of the exercises I talk about in the book. They can also have access to a free vocal toning session as well as a meditation there too. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and uh, for the conversation today, your vulnerability, your openness to share some of your experiences. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Purposeful Parent Podcast. We had a really great time talking with our guests today and hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. Make sure to check out the show notes to get more information on today's guests and to check out what they are up to. To learn more about Melissa and Kristen, follow The Purposeful Parent on Instagram. You can also check out what Melissa is up to by following Inner Architect on Instagram. And to keep up with Kristen, follow Language Ninjas on Instagram. We'd love to hear how you are choosing to purposefully parent, so please feel feel free to reach out and say hi.